Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you, folks. Thanks a lot for allowing us to come across your airways. Thanks for being part of this community. We praise God that you're willing to listen every day and to, uh, you know, to try to just get a little better. You know, just uh, listen to what God has to tell us. Listen to how we can help others. Listen to maybe, you know, how we can be a little better. How God can. Uh, you know, heal our hearts, how God can use us. And again, just thrilled that you would take the time to do that. With me, as always, is my friend, Stephanie. Stephanie, take a minute or so and catch us up on your family. What's going on with the grade eight and everything in your life? Well, Doug, we're doing well. Um, The kids are in school. Um, Just keep plowing away, getting done. So yeah, everybody's doing well right now. That's awesome. And you know, she's coming up on having her youngest be a first grader. And you know, you think she's hard to deal with now. You take her out of kindergarten, throw her in first grade, man. <laughs> she's going to remind you of that. I'm just saying that, you know. I'm but, so glad you think that's funny. Yeah. I'm in first grade now, Uncle Tug, you know. I'm smart. I'm not I stupid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She told me one day, she says, I'm young. I'm not stupid. I know what they're doing. And I'm like, I, I believe you do, Emmy. I really believe you do. And, and I don't think you're stupid, but. <clears throat> but Emmy oh. wants to remind people I may be young, but I'm not stupid. So that's right. Yeah. So we have this segment, Stephanie, <laughs> called uh, the Norton Knuckleheaded Moment. We do it for a few reasons. The first reason, for those of you who are new listeners, we do that so we know what a knucklehead looks like. So number two, we're not a knucklehead. And number three, sometimes they can be humorous. And though I don't think this fits into the category today, um, I, I had somebody write me and say someone said this to him because we put it out there. We hear from some of you guys, and I'm pretty happy about that. We heard from the knucklehead yesterday who thought I had a rooter bitterness against Stephanie or uh, last week uh, uh, against Stephanie and, and Liberty for their music, and, and I had to correct them. I, I don't have that anymore, but if I did, I was willing to face uh, I was willing to face the consequences and give that to God. So I want you to know there's no longer a root of bitterness. And a guy kind of helped me out. And uh, we heard from somebody, hey, this is what a lady was told in her workplace. This is what one of her coworkers said. You know you're a knucklehead if you say this. Not only is this you know you're a knucklehead if you say this, this is something that you don't say to people with PTSD. So it covers the entire segment. Uh, her boss walked up to her and said, you got PTSD, huh? Just face your fears. Uh-huh. You know, folks, there's always someone out there that knows more than everybody else. I'm just telling yeah. you, there's know-it-alls out there. And there's not much you could do with those dudes and dudettes. I mean, they're just, <laughs> they're just knuckleheads. But don't ever say that to anybody. And, you know, people are out there facing their fears. They get We don't face our fears with God. We give them to God. And uh, we let God, uh, you know, take fears away from us. I mean, we're talking about people, Stephanie, obviously, that are, have been hurt in combat, first responder situation, molested, beat, uh, abused. I mean, we could just go on all day with what traumas look like, and there's a ton of them. We could spend the whole day talking about traumas. And, uh, but you know what? We just, there's certain things you say to people. You know, 
you know, how can I help? You know, I'm sorry you went through all this. I'm going to make sure that you're safe here. Imagine a supervisor saying that. I'm going to make sure while you're here at work, you're going to be safe. I'm going to make sure while you're here at church, everything's going to be fine. You know, you're a priority to me. I'm worried about your safety, and I know this is a concern to you, and we're going to do whatever it takes to make sure you're safe. You know, those are easy things to say, Stephanie. I just want to point that out, man. How hard is it to tell somebody, hey, we got your back, instead of saying just face your fears? Yeah. No, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, I think – Um, and obviously there's timing, you know, if you have somebody who's 10 years out from their trauma and they're still afraid to leave the house, okay, that's something way bigger going on. Um, but you know, and I get, God doesn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. But it's interesting to me that the people that hammer face your fears and whatever, are often the ones who I think internally have a lot of fears. And so it's like their way of covering for yeah. their own, for their own fear. And to understand that we all have weak spots and being understanding of that and having grace for the person you're working with or talking to, um, that that's a real thing, you know, and I think this is important to teach our kids, um, that they, that they will have a gracious spirit to others Um, it's something my kids have had to learn. Um, you know, I, I still am in a place. Yes, it's better. It's not like I, I don't jump out of my skin when I hear a a gun go off as long as it's not right next to me, but I can't do fireworks. Okay. Fireworks still send me all the way over the edge. Well, my kids know that, you know, they've learned that yes, mom's doing her best to not, you know, she's not like she lives in fear of fireworks, but that's a big deal. And, and I think in some, what they mean when a lot of times when people say you need to face your fears and give them to God and all that, what they're really meaning is face your triggers yeah, and face that this is just something you've made up in your head or whatever. And I get that there are times that stuff happens, but be understanding that a trigger is a real thing for someone who has been through a trauma and that you may have triggers they are going to be different from the person you're talking to. And that doesn't mean that person's triggers are made up. Yeah. And you have to learn grace. Exactly. And you know, this is, this is so simple. You know, these are the same people that say, I, you know, I preach from the pulpit. These are the same people or I counsel from the pulpit. These are the same people who aren't willing to sit down with folks and learn what they've been through and help them. You know, it's, (laughs) you know, we're we're either godly or we're not. And we're going to, you know, and I think we're going into more of this. Um, here in, in the book of Romans where I uh, book of Romans, whew, the book of Proverbs. And, uh, so I was studying Romans this morning, but here we are in the book of Proverbs chapter 12 and we're at verse number nine. And, uh, let's, let's start with number nine here, Stephanie. It says he that is despised hath a servant is better than he that honoreth himself and lacketh and lacketh bread. And so, you know, it's saying, you know, honestly, better it's a person who's slighted, but that has a servant for that person, you know, to receive an insult, but they're serving that God, you know, and the person who's throwing that insult out there are the knuckleheads, then somebody who honors themselves and promotes themselves and lifts up themselves. And God's reminded that sometimes, you know, this walk we do, this, this place we live, this, you know, this part of service, you know, we're going to be slighted. People are going to do us wrong. People are going to, uh, you know, throw things out there against us. They're going to throw sticks and stones at us. They're going to do those things. And God's saying, that's all right. 
you know, uh, it's okay. Uh, you know, you have a servant, you're serving God. We get to move on. And uh, I, I don't know, Stephanie, I think we need to remember again when we're looking at these things in Hebrew parallelism, when we, when we look at things that are complete, almost opposites in some of these verses, uh, and this is, uh, you know, better is the guy who's right, really. Better is he. You know, the guy who's right is better, even if he's slighted, uh, that has a servant that serves God, that has a servant serving him, uh, than somebody who, uh, you know, honors himself. And, again, this comes down to are you a narcissist or is it all about yourself? Are you, are you your own self-promoter? I mean, mm. what do you think, Stephanie? I mean, this is one of those verses again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is pretty simple or it seems like it's pretty simple to get, but to understand that, you know, um, who was I just to, Oh, I know it was the kids violin teacher. We were just talking about, and I don't even remember how the subject came up. Um, but we were talking about the fact that there are people who love to brag about, um, like their connections and, that when and we were laughing because she was saying that that um, the person that this had happened to when they got home they were kind of laughing about it because they were like if somebody wanted to brag about their connections we know you know we work with millionaires on a regular basis it had to do like job context of one person bragging about well I know so and so and I know so and so but the, it's the same idea of honoring yourself when in reality. Um, you're in a very poor state and these people were, you know, that were bragging were like at the bottom of the barrel financially and all of this. And so it was just kind of funny. And it's kind of what the, exactly what this verse is saying. Um, it's better to, you know, kind of be a nobody and yet you're accomplishing something. You have a servant. In other words, you're doing well enough. You can afford to pay someone to help you out. You can afford to pay someone. Okay. In these times there were servants today, we would say maybe, you have an employee, a maid. Uh, yeah. Not, yeah. But you're bragging. You're not out there to, to tell the whole world that you're rich and that you have this and that and the other. In other words, you're still walking humbly better to be that person. That's the, than the braggart who actually is penniless, but brags and acts like they're on top of the world. Yeah, there it is. I mean, you can, you can beat up this, uh, this verse, but it really comes down to that. You know, are you the proud person, you know, promote your own, honor? Are you self-exalting? Are, you know, all those things. I don't think there's anything more despicable than a person that spends all their time talking about themselves. I don't think there's anything more despicable. You see it on Facebook, these people who are constantly honoring themselves and their accomplishments and, oh yeah, had so many saved, you know, I went over and did this. I've done that. Oh man, look what God's doing. Blow, wind, blow. I mean, you see these people out there that are self-honoring themselves. Stop it. It's about God. You know, if, if the sentence doesn't start in the ministry with look at what God has done, or let me tell you what God did through me, we're probably, mm -hmm. and we've, we're all guilty of that, you know, but it's this, you know, this verse is talking about this perpetual state of almost prideful, crazy, self-exaltation. You know, we need to be better than that. We serve a great God. You know, we're better than that. Look at verse 10. I think they kind of go hand in hand here. It says, a righteous man uh, regardeth the life of his beast, mm -hmm. but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So it says, you know, we're even concerned about our dogs, our, our uh, cows, our sheep, our goats, the things we eat. Uh, we're concerned about those beasts we eat. We can, we're concerned. We want them to make sure they have a good life. 
you know, at some point they're going to yeah. give up that life for our dinner table. Uh, but you know, it's, I think in, in, in this perspective, in this type of thing, it says a righteous man regards, you know, has regard or whoever you want to say that a righteous person looks out for the life of their animals. But mm. the, as tender as that wicked guy gets, they're still cruel. That's as tender as you'll get cruelness. Because yeah. there is a difference. Your heart speaks uh, of what's in it. Your heart lives yeah. of what's in it. And that's, I think, I'm pretty sure that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, well, in this verse, um, you know, we have we have three pets. And um, so this, this verse gets talked about at our house because I'm always telling the kids, you know, the, the God gave us these animals. Um, yes, they were a choice we made, but they're also a gift from God. And someone who loves God is going to take care of his pet. And so this is a very practical thing, you know, that, that helps with instilling character in even kids. And I know that my parents, you know, they use this first help remind me, even in taking care of your animal, you're pleasing God or you're, you're sinning against him. And it, this is that basic. And yes, I think it's very, it's awful to realize that, um, a wicked person a wicked person, I think there's a sense here in which when someone reaches a, a level of low, um, of so low, they even consider their own, like if they're less cruel, they consider that okay. Yeah. And there are people that torture animals. You know, this is in the context of an animal. And so, you know, make sure if you if you see a, per, a kid or a an adult, anyone abusing an animal, that's a sign of their life. That's not just of what they're doing to animals. And so, yeah, I think this is just a very practical verse. Um, that's. Yeah. And and it's like that. And you had a little girl who stayed at your house with her missionary parents one time that was talking about killing cats or something. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is, this is a picture of a heart and there's, there's so much that can be said out of that. And I, I think verse 11 takes it, you know, again, carrying that on. So we, we go from, you know, you can have a servant, you can have people working for you, uh, and people can despise you or, or badmouth you or whatever, still make a difference. Now look at 11 here. And then we went to the righteous man regarded the life of his beast, all that, that God provides. And, and then in verse 12, it says the wicked desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. And there's a lot going on here that this said, you know, um, you know, the one who does that hard work is really satisfied with their bread. They really are the one who goes out there and, and does the work. Uh, but then you get to this place where, you know, the one who lives these vain and superficial things, uh, they're just completely devoid of understanding. I think that's what it's telling you. They don't get it. And so these three verses as a whole, you know, put together, we're again looking at somebody who doesn't get it or somebody who does get it. And understanding is a big deal. Understanding wisdom comes from God. Understanding wisdom comes from God. And having understanding in life, it's all hooked together. You don't have understanding in one area without having wisdom. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what this is all about. It's about having that wisdom. It's about making those right decisions. And the the best decision you'll make on any day, if if you're already saved, the the next decision is to, you know, renew your mind, to transform your mind, to be in God's word, to be reading God's word, to be doing the Bible studies, to, to be doing the devotions, and then to come out of there 
and and know that you know when we till our land when we're out there working we're going to be real happy with what we produce and what we share we've we saw in proverb 11 how proverbs 11 how important it is that we share with people that we sell to people and uh, but then to end that verse up stephanie and to say who that followeth bane persons is void of void of understanding so there's something special about he that works the land, he that takes care of people, he that feeds people, even his own family. That's godly. That's what God expects. But mm-hmm. then these people who follow the wrong people, these people yeah. who think they get a free ride, these people who think that, man, these people, they know people, they know these millionaires you mentioned a minute ago, Stephanie. Oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so blessed. I mean, that and $5.13 will get you a vente chai tea latte at Starbucks. <laughs> There's no other value to it. So, I mean, what do you tell people who are out there following the wrong people, uh, not taking care of their own families, not doing those things, not, not being tender to the animals, not, you know, uh, not looking out for things and, and, you know, not having those regards. And I mean, what do we say to people, you know, looking at this in a hole that, you know, what do we say? How do we, how do we operate there in 2022 today? Well, first of all, don't hang around people like that. And second of all, if you know someone like that, I think you're obligated to, as a friend, if you're their quote unquote friend to tell them, you know, you may challenge their thinking challenge, you know, if they claim to be a Christian, wow, that's almost more dangerous than if they just don't know the Lord because right. Saved is the solution. I mean, getting to know Jesus, walking with him, talking with him, learning who he is, seeking to be like him. That's the solution. Yeah. And, and you know, it's, it's the same thing, uh, you know, with people, for instance, um, Alexander the Great, uh, you know, he was in battle. He conquered a whole big portion of the known world. We see that in Maccabees and stuff. We see that in, in, in history. Maccabees is not the inspired word of God, incidentally. But we see in secular history and stuff where Alexander the Great was a great general, a great conqueror. He was a young man. And uh, at one point, he had sent his army out to conquer more of the world, and he was watching from a high position because, you know, height was always the great place to be in any battle, uh, especially in those battles that just involved, you know, hand weapons and men. And uh, he was up there, and he couldn't help but notice that his entire line was winning very easily except for one guy. One guy was, was marching his company into war, and they weren't fighting the way they should be. And uh, they weren't giving it all. They weren't all in for it. And so Alexander the Great quickly, he rode over to that commander, and he sent for him. And the commander came over to him, and Alexander looked at him and said, What's your name, sir? And the man looked back and said, Why, sire, it's your name. And Alexander the Great looked back at him and said, get right or change your name. And, you know, know, we as Christians, we as Christians to be called Christians, that's a pretty big deal. We need to get, we need to get right or we need to change our names. Yeah. And uh, because we can be holding up, you know, we can be part of the line that's weak in our church. We could be part of the line that's weak in our family. We could be part of the line that's weak among our friends. I mean, this is this is more than just right and wrong. This is a life. This is an eternity. This is do I leave eternal life behind in others that God used me to, you know, in some way bring to him? Do I leave behind a legacy of pointing people to God? Do I leave behind a legacy of serving God? Do I leave behind a legacy that's always been about God? Or do I leave behind a legacy where I'm following the wrong people? 
And boy, you can do that, Stephanie. You, you've told me about the people in your life that follow the wrong people. They're just smitten by people's success or coolness or good looks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and to remember that what you see um, on the outside can be not always, okay? Yeah. And it's for me to get suspicious of everyone because I have been burned by too many um, two-faced people. But... What you see may not be the heart. What you see may be a complete facade and a mask. And so being careful that who you're following, who you're making your friends, who you're making your companions, are they someone that when you look at their life pattern, they're actively pursuing evil? They're actively pursuing um, deceit or whatever that is. Because it says the wicked desireth the net of evil men. In other words, that is where they want to be. They, you know, if, if you have a friend and you notice that they're magnets in terms of friendships with other narcissists. Yeah. Watch out because that's someone who is literally desiring the net of evil men. And I understand that good men can be deceived by narcissists. I totally get that. But I'm saying if you have a friend that when you step back, pull yourself back and the Holy spirit will guide you and will, and will direct you. And, but if you see a pattern that, whoa, they're always hanging out with people that are clearly narcissists and they're okay with that. It doesn't bother them. It doesn't, it doesn't raise questions in their heads. Pull back because that person is desiring the net of evil men. And then the contrast that I love here is it says the root of the righteous man yieldeth fruit. In other words, a righteous person is going to have depth. Yeah. They're going to be blown away in the wind like tumbleweed. They've got roots. They've, they've, um, they felt fulfilled what Psalm one talks about of blessed be the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And that's the kind of person who will have roots that are planted by that living water that are that are going to Jesus Christ to have their thirst fulfilled. They're not going to the net of evil men. They're not hanging out with and putting a crowd around themselves of people who will only agree with them and who will only condone their sin. You want to be friends with someone who is putting their roots deep in Jesus Christ. There it is. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and, and I think, you know, I think we get this, but I think more important than anything, folks, what Stephanie just said is that there's respecters of people out there and uh, respecters of people, respecters of, you know, their looks, their money, their whatever, you know, God is no respecter of men. And uh, I got to tell you, you know, it's about God. It's about doing those right things. It's okay to respect people in the position that God has given them, but it's never okay to follow them. It's always uh, the place to follow God and trust him. Hey, again, we, we, we're just so honored to uh, be with you guys. We'd love to hear from you. Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. You know that we're putting together a study on narcissism by about 2031. We'll be through this particular study. Only joking. I think we'll be through this. <laughs> I think we'll be through this by uh, spring, but more important than anything else, we want to hear from you. We want to connect with those of you who've been hurt by a narcissist. Uh, we can take it in writing. You can write us a letter about what a narcissist did to you. We won't use your name. We won't use anything. Perhaps you'd uh, like to be on a podcast. If you've been hurt really bad, we can take a look at that uh, and would be glad to do that. 
And so uh, make sure you reach out to us. We sure do love you folks. Thanks again for listening to us. May God bless you. We'll be out there again tomorrow. Hope to hear from you then. Lord bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at woundedspirits.com.